Hi, I'm Robert McGinnis. I'm the driver of the number nine Palto Network Synchros Racing for Mazda car. And welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. Welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. You know, we've hit the end of the season. We're trying to, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying to find stories, things to talk about. We've got things to talk about. I thought we were still hung over from our celebratory end of the year celebration uh, after Abu Dhabi. Well, that, that some of it, there are some major changes coming. We're not quite ready to talk about it just yet, but... We've got things that are going to be impacting the podcast over the next couple of months, but we're not quite ready to share yet. Wow. Wait a vague book. That's my job. <laughs> okay. I need so, to vague book somewhere since I don't post on Facebook anymore. Truth. See? True. Um, <clears throat> all right. So I'm still hungover. You're vague booking, vague casting. Maybe it's vague casting. Um, and we still have a little bit of wrap up, tie up with a bow formula one stuff, but I must lead with an apology. Yes, you must. Cause this is your fault. <laughs> okay. So you yesterday... had one job, <laughs> one job. Wait, <laughs> yesterday, like as in less than 24 hours from when I was, when we are recording this, I was assigned the duties of following up with the predictions. You had one job. The problem was that I was not given all of the tools I needed to oh, follow uh, yeah, up with the predictions. I knew you were going to try and redirect the blame somehow. I knew that was coming, too. You share in this one-job problem. Excuses, excuses, So here's the deal. I did not get the predictions out of the locked vault because I don't own the combination to the locked vault. So once they are released to me, I will follow up on them and we will do the wrap up of predictions next week did, just because i haven't seen this did you file the appropriate requisite forms in triplicate and by the way the requirement for our safe deposit company is that these need to be carbon copies they cannot be photocopies Okay, first. You know, it's it's like the, the contracts you get at the car dealership that they have to do it on the dot matrix impact printer because they have to be carbons. Okay, first, you own the combination to the vault. Second, oh, yeah. I am unaware of any such forms to fill out. Thus, no, I did not fill them out. Thirdly, and let's just remind us all, you assigned this to me yesterday it just means i can change the process however i want <laughs> yeah as a reminder i cheat <laughs> i can tell so why don't i just reassign it back to you so instead of this wonderful back and forth there is some celebration to happen there is some recognition that we owe so before we go any further let's share the final results the final standings for the Fantasy GPC, the inaugural season of the Fantasy GPCs. 
four different teams held on to the league of the inaugural season of the Bloke and the Bird Show's Fantasy GP League. But in the end, Phil's Team Rocket won the season with 2,679 points. Patricia's The Bird Team finished second with 2,646 points. Michael's Mach 5 Racing was third with 2,615 points. Agro's Puppet Racing was fourth with 2,535 points. Richard's Fly Fast team held on to fifth with 2,246 points, and the boy rounded out the standings at 2,140 points. Congratulations to Phil, and thanks to everyone who participated. It was a great season, and we plan to do it again in 2019. Watch our Facebook page and theblogenabird.com for more information about our 2019 season. Congratulations to Phil. I humbly accept second place, but I beat you! <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we all have our burdens to bear. <laughs> I want to point out a few things. That, that I did not use We Are the Champions as the soundtrack, as you thought I was going to do? No. No, that was not one of the things I was going to point out. Oh, well, I did. One. one thing number one. <clears throat> uh, Phil, being the numbers geek that he is and i say that with all the respect that i have um actually went through to answer your question about how many weeks did each person win and if it would have changed the rankings and all i have to say is party pooper i know um however i will say this uh you and phil tied for the most weeks won that you got the first place in mm -hmm. the weeks i did not win that title However, what pushed me ahead of you was I lost no weeks. I never came in last place. You did. Yeah. Um, Phil even had a few last place, but I'm like the only one that didn't have any lasts in the thing. So I had a lot more mid-pack stuff. So I, I best think, of the rest. I think you have Marcus Erickson to thank for that. I do have Marcus Erickson to thank for that. Um, the other thing I should point out is that Phil paid for a pro membership which did give him access to seeing my team. Oh, so I'm that's just what saying. You, that's what you're alleging, huh? I'm just you're saying. You're alleging that he, he was copying you in, or improving on your choices. Well, when it got down to he was ahead of me at the end, and I have no idea what his team looked like, he could have just had the same team as me and still won because it would have come down to the predictions. Yeah, next so year I'm just we're saying. doing the pro subscriptions. Well, for the whopping five pounds that it was, probably going to do that. Yeah, but we should I, have done it this year, but we were lazy. Truth. Exactly truth. Um, however, <clears throat> again, I must point out that while I am thrilled that Phil won, I am more thrilled that I beat you. Of course you are. And we both, and all of our participants, beat the boy. Yeah, well, that's because towards the end of the season, he phoned it in. Oh, I think he phoned it in from a lot longer than that. I mean, we finally got him to stop going and picking Vettel for everything. <laughs> yes. Wow. So, actual news. Actual things happening. Yeah. There wasn't a lot, but there was a few things. Um, for starters, the calendar for 2019 has been finalized. There have been no changes uh, since we got the draft back in October. Um the, the few highlights that, that there are, as a reminder, one, 21 races again. Uh, the season will start on March 17th, will end on December 1st, 
Um, no triple header like we had this year because the teams hated it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really minded it. I mean, it was it was nice to have three weekends of it, but by the end of it, I was tired of having my Sundays eaten up. Well, yeah, there was a, well, there was some other stuff happening too, so it didn't help. The other notable thing, and in a way, it's kind of a shame that they couldn't stage the schedule so that this fell at a better opportunity. But F1 will host its 1,000th World Championship race at round three of the season in Shanghai. Okay. Which, you know, given the history of the race and attendance levels and things of that nature, I don't know, I'm a little disappointed that it's going to end up in Shanghai for number 1,000. You know, it would make better sense to me. It would be cooler to me, I think, if it were, we were looking at maybe Australia or Spain. Silverstone. I think, yeah, Silverstone would have been a good option. Monaco, I think, would have blown people's heads off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but the fact that a 1,000 ends up in, in Shanghai where they've had to cover seats on a regular basis and bus spectators in, with free tickets because they couldn't sell tickets. Uh, that's not really a. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a better visual than race 1001s in Azerbaijan where there's nobody in the seats either, but still. Well. It, the, the final tweaks and agreements and modifications are being made to the 2019 rules. So, Several of the things that are the first, the, the biggest, most important one I think that's happening is around grid penalties. So because of the way the grid penalties worked this year, we ended up with a lot of times um, that teams either decided not to bother going out for some part of qualifying because they knew that setting a time really didn't help them, or they'd pull out to just cross over the start line and then uh, the start line in, in pit lane and then turn off the engine because it didn't make sense for them to do anything just to say that they participated was about it. The FIA has realized that that doesn't make for an exciting qualifying session. No, it does not make for a, quali- a good qualifying session. So to prevent all of that stuff from happening, penalized drivers will instead line up on the grid in the order in which they qualify. So even if you get your 1,800 grid penalty 10 minutes after the other team who got their 1,800 grid penalty, if you qualify better than the other team that got the 1,800 grid penalty, you will still be put on the grid ahead of them. So their hope is that when you have multiple 20 grid penalties for engines, you'll at least get those cars to actually qualify because if they qualify higher, they would be 19th versus 20th. Right. Now, the one clarification around that is if a driver, when you also have the situation where you've got multiple cars with these back-of-the-grid penalties that have to go and qualify, and then you have another driver who fails to set the 107% time, that driver will be placed behind the penalized cars. Okay. So there's that. Um, other adjustments that were made for research and development of cars to for compliance of the 2021 regulations. 
unlimited computational fluid dynamic simulations are being allowed. So right now there is a limit on how many hours you can spend to do testing on the cars, but for stuff that is specifically targeting 2021, they're not putting those restrictions in place. Okay. I'm not sure. I mean, while on one hand it does make the team's life a little better in that they can do this development work, given that this was a budgetary issue and that's why they did this, I'm not sure there's a huge amount of benefit to the entire grid for this. I agree. Um, another thing that they did was around fueling processes and fueling procedures. So after the fire in the Williams garage at the end of the Spanish Grand Prix, they put in some safety rules that required uh, the use of protective equipment and dry break, dry break couplings on the fuel systems. And that's required at all of the races. Apparently, the way the rules were worded, it said that you had to do that at the races, but it didn't specify that you also had to do that during test sessions. Oh. So they have amended the rules to say that those procedures apply to both race and <laughs> test. Okay. Which, it's one of those things that seems like, well, really? Why, why, would, why would you have to specify this? <laughs> <laughs> because it's Formula One. You yeah. have to specify everything. Yeah. There's also been some changes to the safety car okay, uh, and, and around uh, the flags. And, and when the yellow flags come in and when they shift over to green. So according to the new rules, the cars will be kept under yellow flag conditions until they reach the safety car control line after the safety car returns to the pits. So no overtaking should be allowed in such circumstances but in the past green flags had been green flags had been displayed around the track when the safety car entered the pits which created a mixed message that the FIA has now addressed so now the only people who will the only point on the track after a safety car comes in that will go green is the starting line and the control line so that the leaders see it first and it's not that the whole track has gone green before the safety car is fully away and the leaders have made it across the control line. It's kind of important. Okay. Um, there's been some minor tweaks to the final bodywork for 2019 with the front wing, and an extra three kilograms has been added to the minimum weight. So it goes from 740 kilograms to 743 kilograms. Now, the belief is that this is due to specific rule changes and not just because, hey, if you want to get heavier, you can do that. Yeah. Um, we also got the um, details on the investigation in the crash between Fernando Alonso and Marcus Erickson at Spa. Oh. Now, you remember that this was the very big crash that sent Fernando's car flying through the air, ripped open the side pods, spilling some sort of fluid i'm assuming it was water and not fuel but spewing that all over the track and sending fernando's car broadside into um charles leclerc's sauber right so what the re the uh, investigation is revealed and some of this was done looking at the impact data and the crash the, the marks on the 
on the, the halo and the rest of the vehicle, but also on the high-speed in-camera footage that the FIA has of the driver on uh, all the cars, but specifically in Charles Leclerc's car. So what they have confirmed, for starters, is that Leclerc only got hit by small pieces of carbon debris from Fernando's cars that flew over his cockpit. Um, there was a lot of concern that the front wheel itself, from looking at, at the initial angles, that it might have been on a traje trajectory to hit Charles's head and to Im uh, uh, impact the cockpit. It did not. Okay. It was not in that area. However, the front wing end plate was on course to hit his visor. It was deflected by the halo. Oh, wow. The halo fully... Uh, absorbed the impact of it and protected his head from impact with the visor. The thing that was very interesting about this, though, not just the fact that it saved his life, but um, there was no deformity of Charles Leclerc's halo from the impact to the point that the team was able to remove the halo from the car with the normal mounting points without any difficulty whatsoever. Wow. Which says that it sucked this in without any problem whatsoever. Um, they say it is difficult to predict the severity of the contact with, of the potential contact with any pre precision. What they do know is that the relative velocity of the cars was approximately 19 miles an hour with an estimated impact of 90 degrees. The clash with the halo was enough to break the suspension on Fernando's car, but the right front wheel rim remained intact and the tire appeared to have remained inflated. Um, so some other key report findings, and this is going to get a little techie. Uh -oh. um, the estimated peak force imparted on the halo was 58 kilonewtons, this being 46% of the 125 kilonewtons that the FIA has prescribed as the load requirement for the halo and chassis attachment points. The contact position during the crash was close to the load application point for the acceptance test. If the wheel had contacted Leclerc's helmet with a similar force, there would have been potential for a very serious head or neck injury. The energy and force of a wheel impacting the halo is inherently limited by the speed and mass of the wheel assembly and strength of the attached suspension. Um, the other thing they said is if the full mass of the car had impacted the halo loading through the primary structure, the impact would have been approximately 30 kilojoules, and that's based on an estimate of 840 kilograms at 30 kilometers an hour. And they say that such energy would have devastating consequences if it loaded directly onto the driver. However, the halo would not be able to absorb all this energy without significant deformation and probable failure. Okay. So, the halo works. Say what you will about it. Apparently, it works. And Total Wolf in particular came out... Um, in response to this report and said, you know, my my objections last year over the halo were wrong. Wow. And if we didn't have the halo this year because I had objected to it and I had vetoed it and Charles was seriously injured, I would not have been able to live with the decision. Wow. So he has come out and he has admitted that his opposition was wrong. I'm impressed. 
So this week was the FIA prize giving, yes. the traditional end of year celebration of the Formula One season. And I got to say, I'm really disappointed. That they didn't send us the invitation? Well, there was that, but since I, that, I wasn't expecting that. We couldn't make it this year. We, we had too much going on, obviously, because we were struggling to get the podcast out. But in terms of the the silliness that we seem to see come out of previous years, whether it's goofball attire or stupid comments that are made we really didn't get any and i'm very disappointed oh they were on their best behavior they were i mean toto did wear um some red tartan pants okay which was kind of unique for black- an austrian to wear a tartan yes <laughs> well it was more the the red tartan pants and a black jacket okay well they, they at least coordinated. They did. They did. And what I can't tell in the picture that I can see is the other red that I, the, the highlights of red on Toto's jacket. I can't tell if that's due to the lighting or there's actual highlights of red on his jacket. Okay. It wasn't a great picture. Um, but Toto did, you know, in, in part of the, from everybody, the, the general self-reflection we get this time of year and uh, self-evaluations. Toto did admit that um, the pressure this year from the other teams amplified Mercedes' mental stress. Okay. He admitted that there were many up and downs. It was never clear whether the car or our team was good enough. Then we had a winning streak again over two or three races, and then Ferrari came back. And at the end of the season, it was Red Bull suddenly. It was from the mental stress, and in addition to the physical stress, it meant it was a very difficult season. <laughs> you wouldn't know by the results. Right. But, yeah, that's... Well, I'm sure that he will take a bit of a sabbatical over the winter and not think about Formula One at all. Well, he... <laughs> keep in mind that, you know, Formula E has just spun up. So somebody needs to take care of Jack. Oh, yes. He will be Mr. <laughs> Mom for a few months. Now, over at Red Bull, you know, Red Bull had been running for the last, what, two years, three years now, the white-boxed, non-Renault-branded Renault engines. Right. They were branded as Tag Heuer engines. Correct. Well, there will not be a similar deal in place for Red Bull's new Honda engines. They will be straight Honda engines. However, the partnership with Tag Heuer will be continuing over at Red Bull. Okay. Um, so there will still be some Tag Heuer branding on the car, just not a Tag Heuer engine. Okay. Um, we also got some comments from Helmet Marco about looking some forward-looking comments. Helmet Marco... Uh, Red Bull Motorsport advisor said that admitted that Pierre Gasly will be under some increased scrutiny because he comes to the Red Bull team and he says that they need to install a little bit of discipline in him. Now I'm thinking to myself as the newly promoted driver to Red Bull Mm -hmm. that being told by your boss on your way in the door that they feel that they need to actually your boss's boss, that they need to instill some discipline in you is not exactly an auspicious start since you have yet to even drive the car. 
I think that's exactly the case, especially when you look at it across the board and look at your fellow co-teammate mm-hmm. who is kind of known for his lack of discipline. And yeah, I think I think helmet meant we need to instill some discipline into Max and said Gasly. Maybe. I, I think that he misspoke which driver he was talking about. From what I have seen and heard and read about Helmet Marco, I'm actually guessing that as long as Max is doing as well as he is, he doesn't believe that there needs to be any change in Max's performance or his behavior. However, if Gasly comes in and starts out-qualifying and out-finishing and outperforming Max, mm-hmm. that tune may change. But Helmut is known for playing favorites, and we oh, know Oh, absolutely. That. Absolutely. Now, last week we talked about how the team formerly known as Force India, their new name would be Racing Point, which, honestly, I wasn't particularly impressed with that name. Mm-hmm. Well, we've now gotten word that this week that that's just a placeholder name. Okay. There will be a new name coming by the end of the season. We don't know what it is. Okay. And Sergei Sorokin is reflecting on the season. Oh. Did he, he fill out his self-evaluation? He did. He thought that it to him it, quote, looked quite obvious that he would be continuing for a second season with Williams. So the decision by SMP Racing to walk away and end their relationship with Williams and thereby take their money with him and make him go away came as a bit of a surprise. Oh. Now, when you think about it, and, and this is why he, he thought this way, and, and by that it's, it's a valid point. Um, compared to Lance Stroll in the qualifying battle, um, most of the time, Sorokin was out beating Lance. Mm-hmm. Lance has more experience, but Sorokin was beating him. And also in eight of the 17 Grand Prix, Sorokin finished higher than Lance. So, yeah, I would think that from that perspective, okay, making the assumption that you'd get a second year in Formula One is kind of a fair one. Yeah. And instead, you know, well, let's be fair. In order to get promoted, Lance's daddy had to buy a team. <laughs> Yes. You know, and Lance and, and Lawrence both just, and I'm sure they knew this going into it, but Lance will never, ever, ever escape that stigma. No. Short of, short of another team picking up Lance because they think he is an amazing driver next year or the year after, Lance, for his entire time that he is with Formula One and he is driving in that team, I'm sorry he will never, ever shake that stigma. That's the biggest problem, is he will never shake the stigma, but he only has a a hope of shaking the stigma if he actually starts performing. And the problem is, he's not. Yeah. And And it just compounds it every year that he has a mediocre or bad year. Well, the the other question is going to be, He's going to replace Ocon, who's going to end up out of a seat. Mm-hmm. You know there's going to be a whisper campaign coming from Mercedes and probably one Toto Wolf at every opportunity of, you know, every time that Lance trips up, 
some journalist is going to get an email of, gee, I wonder what would have happened if Esteban was there. Right. But in, in you mentioned Ocon, and I want to point out, Valtteri had a really bad year this year. He did. And he's got to be on well, edge. And with them having that reserve driver of Ocon, just follow me out here on this mm-hmm. thought. Valtteri is a great driver. Do not misunderstand. I really like Valtteri. But if Valtteri gets pulled out because he can't handle it up in the, the majors, and they drop Ocon into that seat, and Ocon smacks down Stroll, mm-hmm. and there's no love lost between those two boys. No, well, actually... No, they're they're friends. They are. I thought they were the ones that were like. No, Ocon and Verstappen don't get along. Oh, it's Ocon. Ocon and Lance get along very well, and I think it was at Abu Dhabi or it's either Abu Dhabi or Brazil. There was the footage of them wandering around with uh, one of them with his arm over the other shoulder. Oh, okay. They do get along very well, and and Esteban had even said a couple right after Lawrence had bought the team that he he. He didn't appreciate all of the hatred that was being thrown over at Lance in the situation because he's Lance is his best mate. Ah. They do get along very well. It's really sad then that Lawrence would not have said a Stroll Ocon team would have been a pretty decent one. Well, I, one I don't think given the, the trajectory, and I think we'd mentioned this before. I don't think he really wants Esteban showing up Lance, which probably would have happened. Yeah. But there's also, I think, Perez's backers bring a lot more money than Esteban would. That's probably true, too. And I don't think he wanted to give up that money. And I think there's there's some growth that can happen with being under the tutelage of Perez. Yeah. So... Outside of Formula One, we got a little bit more information on Fernando Alonso's 2019 Indy 500 run. Oh. Um, it has been confirmed that Chevrolet will power his Indy 500 car. You know, I'm only slightly more shocked by that move than I was that Stroll got named to run out, to uh, Fort Racing Point. Well, what I found was just truly hilarious was the comment that Fernando made in response to this. He said, having Chevrolet power behind me means we're putting ourselves in the best possible position to compete at the front. Which two years ago, he said, it was Honda, 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 Honda. Mm -hmm. Even though the Formula One side sucked. Honda, 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 Honda. Now, Chevy, you know, go Chevy. Now, admittedly, the, the little bit that goes with this is that the winner of this year's Indy 500 was driving a Chevy-powered car. Mm-hmm. Although the winner of the previous year was driving a Honda-powered car, and he was leading in a Honda-powered car until it blew up. But, yeah, I, I kind of found it amusing that Fernando is, is now saying, go Chevy and not go Honda. And our last bit of news. I guess we can now call him a Formula One refugee. The one that made me strong in the fantasy GP. The fantasy, yeah. Yeah, and to my knowledge, nobody is is doing a fantasy IndyCar league. So you will not have this to help you out. 
But Marcus Erickson has completed his first IndyCar test um, with Schmidt Peterson Motorsports at Sebring. Okay. He did around 100 to 150 laps. He said the test was great. It was great. He's a good guy. Wow, you're already firing him? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that he's there. And this year when we go to our IndyCar race, we will have to hunt him down for the mandatory former F1 driver selfie that I have. All righty. So that's really all we got this week. You know, everyone's going, you know, we had such a short show and you couldn't get the predictions on. We do have the, the our year-end audio, though. So that's what we will end the show on. And we will see you next week with predictions because somebody will get the forms filled out appropriately. <laughs> Is that enough smoke? It's not really the launch we'd be after uh, on Sunday night. And then Verstappen spun. He's now the car in front of Sainz. Okay, speak up a little bit because it's long race and you're losing the energy already. Mate, I'm here racing with you. The energy's high. Come on, let's do this. Can I push yet? Let me know how much you want it. Come on. were done they were done for the last 10 laps grazie ragazzi mamma mia fascinating man sebastian vettel you're not your normal formula one driver you know you're you're intelligent you're so, all the others are not intelligent then <laughs> some are thank you very much but i guess the others wouldn't thank you for that <laughs> they won't see this it's fine You definitely need to stop talking. Every overtaking maneuver. And we are a P6, P6, a good job. Yes! Congrats, guys! Yes! Oh, fudge. We can't stuck in the gravel, mate. Unbelievable. You have done an amazing job today. That is right up there with what Schumacher did in 1995. And this is payback for 2016. Give Prince Albert a shoey. Yeah, that's more like it, guys. I'm super happy with that. Great job. <laughs> Very surprised that Kimi started on Instagram and are you planning to follow the example? Yes and no. Those are my answers. Finish answers, short. But you are on social media. No. I'm fo- I think I'm following someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to whoever it is, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, I, I think next time you, you see Seb, you should ask him to change his style. You know, because honestly, it, it's not acceptable. That's what they said to me in the beginning of the season. So I think they should do the same. And then, of course, Seb shouldn't do anything and just drive again and learn from this and go on. That's my advice to everyone in this room. So everywhere is the f***ing flags out. 
Keep pushing, keep in, keep pushing. Tell them not to wave the checkered flag when no. it's not done yet. Max, why have you had so many uh, accidents? I don't know. And um, like I said in the beginning of this press conference, I got really tired of all the questions. So, yeah, I think if I get a few more, I'll headbutt someone. But it was your decision to go back to Salva. So just talk us through why you're, why you're doing that. Why not? And you're still passionate about racing. The fire is still... No, I don't. Like... I'm not, actually. You know, I'm just by... by uh... Your uh, head game for you guys. So box, 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 box. Get the gap. So gap to now three is. Keep it safe now. But stay, but stay up. In, 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 Fernando, do you think we should do a new set of inters or wets? New inters or wets? I think we should go to the garage and see the conditions. You know, I, I, the last sector is impossible, so even if you put a, a, a rocket ship, we will be 11. You forgot to connect the drink, bro. Yes, confirmed. Is the drink? Is it on now? Okay, I have no idea. We forgot to connect, Jimmy. You will not have the drink, sorry. Is it on or not? The drink? No, Jimmy. No. You will not have the drink. No, no, no. Is the switch on or not? You you mean the slow button? No, no. Is my drinking... Is it emptying the bottle or not? No, no, Jimmy, no. You will not have the drink. For sake. For sake. Sorry, guys. Oh, Luis, this is total. This was the most epic map I've ever seen around here. This track is awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. The best day. Guys, man, I love you guys. I love driving the car. I love this track. I hope you guys are not getting bored of this, because I'm definitely not. Never grow tired, Luis. Never grow tired. Yeah, you guys are looking good out there. Yeah, Silver Arrows in formation. <laughs> yeah, what a team. And he finished P1. Nice job, mate. Good luck. <laughs> Woo! Yes! <laughs> that was a very good lap. Nice job. Nice job. Are you okay, Nico? Holy oh, I'm hanging here like a cow. Yeah. Get me out of this fire. Yeah. It's fire. It's alright, they're coming. I've always wanted to get a Top Gun quote in over the radio. So you have permission to buzz the tower. Please proceed to the grid. Free to do donuts. Uh, so Lucio, we're just thinking that the fans on the pit straight haven't seen any donuts, so you might want to oblige. You made my mind. Yeah, it can always count you. Thanks guys. I know it got a bit boring, but appreciate the last five years, thank you. Daniel, great drive today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you in our team for the last five seasons. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to miss you. Um, we wish you all the very, very best for the future and uh, yeah, hold very fond the memories that we have together. So enjoy, enjoy this slowdown, man. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. Thanks, fellas. Anyway, I uh, echo Christian's comments, mate. It's been a pleasure for the last five years. Thank you. Yep, you're a
Can we, can we just do one thing for the British viewers that have been desperate for this all year? Can Toto Wolf just say... Please. I'll be back. <laughs> Makes me look a bit silly, you know? <laughs> what did you say? Hasta la vista, baby. Thanks, guys. Really good job. It was good fun. What's the sexiest accent? British. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, oh, you flatterer, you. You do know I'm British, but Not yeah? for you, though, obviously. No, but, I'm uh, British. I am British. Yeah, but not... I don't fancy you. Not specific. At all, but <laughs> I'm saying... Well, hold up. At all? That's a bit yeah. much. I mean, yeah. Why? It's not just not... Not even a little bit. Not in the... No, not in, not in the game. Actually, I was going to say one of my favourite accents is Northern, German. I think Northern is the... Okay, there's something loose between my legs. Copy Apart from the obvious. So repeat, there's something loose between my legs, apart from the obvious. So something flying around my feet. <laughs> okay, copy. Yeah, around my feet. I mean, I'd be proud if it was what you think it is, but it's not.